smallest room in New York City. He comes to show that gives you a reason to live. Queens, cops surrounded a Jamaica home with guns drawn after shots were fired. Two men, 25 and 44, just before 4, 139-29, Glassboro Avenue, shot. The man, 44, leg shot. The other, 25, blasted in the torso, both uncooperative with the investigation. No arrests and a search of the home turned up nothing. However, police noticed a Dodge Challenger minus the wheels and up on blocks, down the block. And joining me now, filmmaker, Vlon Trump. What's up? Thank you for just describing New York circa 1985. Yeah. <laughs> We're back again, right? New York looks yeah. looks just like the old New York. And, and, and the Dodge Challenger, even. You know, that's that's the, re the retro well, car. Where do you get cinder blocks? <laughs> like, it's harder to find the cinder blocks than the car to steal. Maybe there's a kit. Yeah, I'm curious. Th those are cases. When, when the cars are found, they're not necessarily given back to the people who had it stolen from them, right? The car. Oh, no. No, they're not necessarily, no. I mean, uh, when the cars are found, I don't know. I, I, I would think, yeah, sure. I mean, would you think? It doesn't become like some sort of evidence? Oh, right. Well, I mean, no. I, I mean, it, it's probably, of course, they were just stealing the wheels. Now, what do you do with the wheels? I mean, I know they're, they're valuable or something. Yeah, you probably sell them. I mean, tires are expensive, uh, wheels, all that stuff. Mm. Dodge Challenger is a cool car. Yeah. I'm a fan. I remember when that one came out with with the pistol grip, uh, and uh, and that one was the true because they released the uh, the Charger also, but the Charger they made like a sedan four door, and the original one was like a two door that badass '70s car. Oh yeah, yeah, that was the uh, the uh, the Dukes of Hazard mobile. I think was the Dodge Challenger. The the Dodge Challenger. Yeah, I think so. Although I think they 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 banned the Dukes of Hazard car, right? That's no longer allowed because of the Confederate flag. Yeah, they banned the paint job, I think. The car is still okay. The car. Yeah. I had an uncle, Jewish immigrant from the Soviet Union. He learned English watching Dukes of Hazard. It was his favorite show. Loved it. Never was he like, oh, this is the clan or anything like that. So you had like an old Jew who was into saying yee-haw. Well, he was 14 at the time. Now he's of age. But uh, <laughs> when he came here, yeah, in the 80s, loved Dukes of Hazzard. So he learned English the same way I did. Yeah, it's how a lot of immigrants learn uh, English, by watching TV, whatever the hell is being run on reruns. Some of them, actually, I know, have learned English through Sesame Street. There was a, guy, a couple of guys owned a club uh, in Ohio, way up in, like, uh, northern Ohio. I'm trying to think. Akron yeah, is where it was, and they had a club the, uh, where the, the guys, Pete and Tony, I don't know how much I should talk about this, but uh, well, I, I remember one comic called the guy a pedophile, and he didn't know what it meant. He's you know, still learning English. Apparently, P for pedophile wasn't like a, an episode on Sesame Street yet. And they, uh, yeah, they he, when he found out, he was he was furious. He called him he called him a pedophile because of his uh, very young, uh, I suppose, uh, bride. Where on the Elmo did did you touch her? <laughs> now, one one flag that is never banned that I'm aware of is uh, this one right here. It's the one with the old. Uh, Ah, crap. You can't see the crescent and all that on it, but apparently today is a big uh, Muslim holiday. The Eid Eid Al-Fitr. Al-Fitr? Anyway, it's they, it's the last day of fast on Ramadan, and uh, guess who I got the email that had this picture in it from? The NYPD. NYPD wishing me, uh, wishing a happy Muslim holiday to all. Well, they just have that stuff on auto-send. A masked bank robber put a knife to a manager's neck after a, tailor, uh, a teller brushed off his demands 
for cash. Uh, the blade-wielding man walked into the Valley National Bank on Liberty Avenue in South Richmond Hill around 2 p.m., handed the teller a manila envelope and said, put all the money in the envelope. Uh, the teller responded, what money? Gutsy. Sassing the robber, the robber then walked up to the bank's manager, placed the knife against his neck, and again demanded the teller hand, hand over the cash. This time, the teller complied. Suddenly, she realized what money he was talking about. She put $2,300 in the envelope, or in that uh, general amount, and handed it to the robber. Pretty bold of the employee, a police source said, of the teller's attempt to refuse to hand anything over. It was like a street robbery, and the robber fled with the cash, and... uh Police didn't immediately release a photo. So they don't want your help on this one. They got it. When, when I hear stuff like that, it sounds like a student film where they just couldn't afford a gun as a prop. So they use, <laughs> they use like, whatever knife they could find. Yeah. New York has a... a stu- so the robber fled to the nearest strip club. That's where it's usually just track this money. It's probably where it's going. Strip clubs? Well, the strip clubs are all closed, and they remain closed, as far as I know. Although, uh, like, if you saw a crime report uh, from last Thursday night, you know that, that Joe Murray is suing uh, Cuomo, you know, to for on behalf of the uh, the club in Comac called, uh, or Comac, I believe it's called uh, Blush Gentleman's Club. So that's the idea. Sue these guys and get and get back to business. Coronavirus shutting down the strip clubs. If strip clubs can open, that would mean, I mean, everything is is okay to open. I would think that's the most. That's the there's the most uh, nudity, close contact. I mean, the most. Uh, uh, I mean, would they put us? Would they put them all in masks? Would people be sitting around uh, getting a lap dance with uh, with a, with a masked stripper? Would they try to incorporate it? Would they would they beautify their masks? Or you know, it's it's there's so many uh, ways it might go. But it's time for the masks to come off. They don't do any good. And I mean, this is this is not just my opinion. It's it's the consensus of uh, science, medicine, all that shit. And, Listen, if someone wants to wear a mask, if if they have certain rules, I'm fine with it. All I'm asking is that not everybody is an authorized police officer. Not everyone is judge, jury, and executioner. You know, people need to start learning how to mind their own business a little more. And and if they don't, things are going to get very ugly in this city. I think they I think they're counting on that. You know, De Blasio encouraging people to rat on on the neighbors, and he knows that's going to create a lot of tension. They want fights. They want a lot of discord. Oh yeah, there's money in that <laughs> for the city. For someone. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, there's there's definitely. Uh, potentially bloodshed and and i mean i i know that i've had words with a few people at this point it's uh, a matter of fact that you'll be confronted at some point if you're not if you don't have a mask on trying to now we go into grocery stores it's it's a lot of times no problem at all it just depends you know like i i'm not trying to cause problems i'm trying to avoid them but i'm not going to wear a mask and that's it i'm just not if i have to go on a hunger strike if i have to have everything delivered i'm not going to wear a mask i'm just not I, I think that it's a, it's a, it's being reduced to a Muslim bride at that point. I, I just think that it, it's getting to a point where, like we, we were talking about before this, and I said if people bullied each other about traffic laws as much as they do about wearing these masks, how many lives would be saved? Oh, yeah. Just today, you know how many times I saw people wearing a mask jaywalking or running a red light? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, wearing the mask in the car, by the way. But running <laughs> that red light, I, I'm like... I mean, I, I always had a sense that people were dumb. You know, and I'm dumb also. I'm people. But when you see it this visibly, 
it it really makes you just want to find a house in the woods somewhere and socially distance yourself for the next 40 goddamn years, you know? Right. That's not a bad idea. Social distancing um, to an extreme degree, getting away from all this stuff. A lot of states have better lockdown situations than New York does. New York City now, as of, I think, tomorrow, when, when some of these uh, the last couple of places reopen, we're the only ones on lockdown. So I guess that's up to the mayor. I mean, I know it's the governor's order. But I, uh, I also know de Blasio agitated for it, and he thinks we are nowhere near going back to normal. In fact, he says uh, over the Memorial Day weekend, he made a special point to tell everybody no swimming in the ocean. You can go to the beach. I mean, if you insist on it, it seems to be how he feels. But no volleyball, no gatherings, no sports. In this town, there's no dancing. <laughs> yeah, right. It's very much like that. It's uh, it, where's Kevin Bacon when you need him? Yeah, where, who's going to be our Kevin Bacon? We're holding out for a hero here. Now, a gun wielding robber stole cash and jewelry, including a man's gold grill, in a boogie D stick up. A holdup happened at uh, two eight two zero Decatur Avenue. That's twenty eight twenty near Fordham University around five thirty p.m. One of the victims was contacted by the robber who uh, arranged a personal meeting for unknown reasons. When the victims arrived at the meeting, the robber pulled the pistol, demanded their belongings, got away with watches, chains, the gold teeth accessory, and two thousand dollars in cash. Take estimated at approximately four grand. That's that's a big robbery. First of all, I didn't realize grills was still a thing. I thought that like peaked fifteen years ago or something with like baggy jeans. Mm. I, I, I'm honestly personally surprised that someone still has grills. Honestly, maybe this is karma. It's just the universe letting him know maybe it's time to move on to the next fad. Maybe so. Maybe so. I, I'd be fine with that. I mean, I think that's... Uh, but th- I think that people should be allowed to have a gold grill uh, I mean, and, and still be accepted into society. Uh, it, it's it's alarming to see sometimes, but, you know, like you go, well, hey, to each his own. I, I look at... I, I don't know... Uh, how somebody can be so confident walking around with such an expensive uh, dentifrice, you know, a golden one of those grills. What, cuts a few. What t- car does he drive? <laughs> That's a good question. When you got grills, you, you can't let your mouth be more expensive than your wheels. <laughs> Guys, but, uh, Pulls up in the 95 Civic. That, that, that grill is his retirement plan, you know. I mean, it's, uh, now, what's his name? Uh, 69 guy. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Death Valley 69 or whatever. Uh, it's fucking uh, Asahi 29. You know the guy I'm talking about. He's a rapper. Uh, oh, the the one with the face tattoos. Yeah, and he's got a rainbow grill. They say grill. he's a rat. He ratted out this or that. I don't know if I like to, to use the word rat because, you know, there, there's so many different situations. But he made his whole sort of persona about being this gangster. And then he ratted everyone out mm. to sort of get off it. And now he's starting beefs. I, I heard he's starting a beef with uh, Snoop Dogg and, and other rappers. Wow. Because he still needs to, like, sell records. I think it's okay to start a beef with Snoop Dogg at this point. I mean, Snoop Dogg is... Well, it actually goes against his parole. People are starting to report him to the FBI for, <laughs> for it. For starting beefs with Snoop Dogg? For start, yeah, it goes against his parole. It's an important part of his career, though. I mean, like, like, look, you know it's not real, Judge. What's Snoop Dogg going to do? With Snoop Dogg? With Snoop Dogg? Like, really? They're starting, like, gang warfare with Snoop Dogg? Yeah, Snoop... This dude sort of... I mean, I, I, I love Snoop Dogg. I feel he sort of, like, matured well into, like, a Martha Stewart-type role. With what he's doing now. Yeah, he tries to shake that off every once in a while, but we both know it's true. I mean, like, for Christ's sake, he had that video where they're shooting Trump and everything, and you go, wow, that's a bold statement for a guy who has done uh, so well 
uh, under, you know, the just generally the capitalism and all that kind of shit. It's funny how politicized everything is now. A virus, a virus is politicized. Big time, yeah. And it happened very quickly. It happened, I mean, all, really, I think almost immediately it, it happened that, that it was put. I mean, it was politicized everything. from the beginning, really in its launch. I'm telling you, I... I honest to God, I don't. I don't believe that the whole thing was any sort of naturally uh, occurring thing that we would have a lockdown based on something like this. I mean, they they re- they are always trying to minimize this kind of thing, shout it down, don't panic, we don't want that. But in this case, their motives being the opposite of what they normally are, which is to keep the money rolling in. They go, hey, no, we really need to pause. Well, I'm not going to say I know this came from a lab. I, I just find it ridiculous for people who immediately say, if you think it came from a lab, you're an idiot. How, how do you know? I mean, clearly they work on stuff like this in labs. They're always experimenting with diseases and viruses and stuff like that. Why is it, you know, a long shot to believe that something could have accidentally been released from a lab in what is really a totalitarian state? Well, I mean, there's evidence uh, to point that it was... Uh that it was, you know, create because yeah. I mean the the Chinese government, you know, tightened controls on that particular lab right after that, which is the only lab in China that that I mean, does Chernobyl happened. Chernobyl happened. Things happen. You no, know, Chernobyl happened. You, you're dealing with with places that operate totally different from us. Everything pretty much they accuse Trump of, and love him or hate him, but everything they accuse Trump of is actually happening in other countries. Like, it's actually happening in China. China is an actual totalitarian state. Yeah. Where the president actually controls the press and actually has, like, an ironclad grip over the people. Yeah. Where the internet is is censored with the help of Google. And we, yeah, with the help of Google. And, and now with the help of YouTube as well. I mean, YouTube, Google being the same broad thing, but we do have independent announcements from YouTube that they're shutting down certain video content. Anything that disagrees with the WHO, which I know YouTube is a worldwide concern, and I suppose that it's not really directed at Americans, but I don't think that we should be kowtowing to the rest of the world in terms of what freedom is we should be elevating them and if they don't want but you know youtube for them it's all about more money more countries and and uh you know keeping all that uh keep now they are at least at least they're about keeping the money coming in it just happens to be at the expense of personal freedom there's always the pendulum swings both ways like you said we've never been more politicized and i thought we couldn't get more politicized than we were excuse me than we were under bush but, you know, when the way things are as they are, it's just so, so ad nauseum that I feel like the next generation is just going to be so apathetic. And I'm looking forward to see what that generation sort of comes up with. Because the less time people spend on politics, the more time they spend doing, you know, other real stuff, developing stuff, experimenting, you know, technology, all that stuff. So I'm really curious to see what what the next generation is going to spend their time doing because... You know, I, I hope I don't see how this can continue like this. No, and, and if they're if they are uh, as ambivalent about politics and to a commiserate degree as uh, as we are concerned with it now, then uh, they're bound to invent 
and, and create and, and really surprise everybody with their ability to 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 make things, you know, because we super Viagra, yeah, something, right? I, I'd rather have super Viagra than than a mask uh, in violent Brooklyn now. And this is important for for uh, anybody with kids uh, because this is an indicator of what's actually going on in the schools where an acting high school principal uh, cares so much about the kids. He's concerned about a, a 71% failure rate in remote classes. So he has a solution. Instead of using the outdated, time-honored standards determining grades, which are generally uh, agreed, you know, to indicate whether or not teaching and learning have, in fact, occurred, we have an acting principal who has proposed a new standard which will reflect the good intentions of the student and the goodwill of the school past the kids who are trying. It was a leak of secretly recorded audio from May 14th remote meeting of administrators, and it captured Costas, Costas Constantinidis of Cobble Hill High School of American Studies in Carroll Gardens explaining the new standard. He says if a child is uh, engaged, if the child is doing work, but somehow the child doesn't get it, uh, gives you the wrong answer, but the child is doing something, checking in with you, doing work, I would have passed the child. Brought up a very, very good point that we haven't we haven't discussed uh, today, right? And I wish he had brought it up earlier. It just didn't occur to me, right? If a child is engaged, if the child is doing work, but somehow the child doesn't get it, gives you the wrong answer. Uh, but the child is doing something, right? Checking in with you, doing work. Then, in my mind, to be honest, right, I would have passed the child. And, and I'm sure a lot of the teachers who are giving, I'm, I'm being honest now, right? A lot of the teachers who are giving 85, 85s, 90s, or they have passing rates in those ranges, that's exactly what they're doing. Because flexibility to me, to them, mean exactly what I mean by flexibility. Um, what's wrong with this guy? I mean, you, that's what you think, right? Why would he seek to employ such a low standard of academic achievement? Doesn't he understand that they, they're they going to be thrust into a world with a complete lack of preparedness, and, and, and he's acting like what they're teaching has no value, but uh, he's promoting ignorance under pressure from the upper echelons of the Department of Education, which means none other than Richard Carranza. The schools are lowering the bar to pass students in order to keep their graduation rates up, and the pressure means uh, the careers and tenure of teachers and administrators are on the chopping block. Well, they're turning teachers into babysitters. What they keep saying is, oh, teachers aren't babysitters. Well, then what are they? You know, if you're, if you're not demanding more. For, I, don't, I don't mind if a teacher has to fail 70% of the class. I won't look at that teacher and say, you're a bad teacher. Mm -hmm. But if a teacher is passing 90% of the class and the class, you know, isn't on par with what they should be, then what did the teacher really do besides just make sure that those kids were in the room, Yeah, which is a babysitter? Yeah, make sure that they get out with the certification that they need in order to go, I presumably go to college, right? I mean, is that the whole idea? What happened to trade schools? Why don't we reintroduce trade schools? Like, not everyone has to graduate high school. That's racist. Racist? <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know somebody who is doing nothing. Everyone used to tell him, college, college, college. He became an electrician. He's making good money now. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's happy, wants to start a family, wants to get a house, he's, he's successful, and all these other people are crying about their student loans. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, yeah. They can't get a job. No, they can't. And yeah, it, it, you see that. It, it's a common thing. A degree doesn't necessarily translate into a job. Even a higher level degree, it doesn't, it doesn't mean a, a goddamn thing. You know what I mean? It doesn't make you hireable. And people should realize that they're that this is the time not to go to college. I say, you know, you got some kind of dream. You want to go to college. You want to be whatever it is you want to be. Go ahead, you know. But if it's not, 
your actual desire to become, I don't know, some kind of a nuclear physicist or some shit, whatever it is that you're trying to study, then forget it. Just go to, to go to trade school, get a job and, and move along that way. You're not selling your, yourself short now being a plumber. You are actually, you know, guaranteeing yourself a living. And, you know, if, unless you want to fall into that category, like you did, like, uh, like what you just described, you know, where you're $40,000 in debt and, and you can't get a job, mm -hmm. then, you know, it's something to think about. Well, why does reading Saul Alinsky make you smarter than an electrician? <laughs> a movie that I love, I'm sure you've seen at The Breakfast Club, when uh, when they're sitting there, they smoked weed already, and they're all sharing their shit, you know, it's that emotional moment, and the, the geek one is is arguing with uh, uh, the, the badass in the group, and he's saying, you know, well, what does the world need? And he said, you know, because uh, the kid failed shop, that's why he tried to kill himself with a flare gun, I don't know if you remember the movie, and then the other kid is like, well, the world needs lamps, you know, mm. just like the world needs, you know, scientists and all this others. The world needs lamps. Yeah. We need light. Yeah. Lamps. We need faucets to work. We need better uh, ceiling fans. We need, we, need, we need better. We need better. All that stuff. We need ovens. Has anyone ever seen Saul Alinsky change a tire? I'd like to. That'd be great. We got to change all four at once <laughs> yeah. to keep it even. Uh, they, they always be demanding something is the idea, and something that we should be demanding now is to walk around and open our businesses. And almost everybody's saying that, Doctor Fauci, everybody. I mean, like uh, we, we it's, it's something that needs to be done. Doc, uh, but we have uh, Doctor De Blasio himself, who uh, knows more than all of us combined, and and uh, holds the whole city in his hand right now, emptying out the jail, Rikers. And uh, he's, he's released 2,000 inmates ahead of time out of fear they might uh, contract coronavirus. And I think that uh, the next plan is to let out another 500 who actually have coronavirus and just let them wreak havoc out there. You know, I, I never I don't get this whole thing about closing Rikers. It's never been necessary. It's never it's like and, and furthermore on Rikers, according to this uh, 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 CEO who, you know, former CEO, and, and who identifies himself as a liberal Latino who says that uh, there's plenty of room on Rikers for hospital. You know, they could have easily done that there. Well, isn't jail quarantine? Why don't they just give them masks and keep them in their cells? <laughs> well, yeah, that's inhumane, I suppose. You don't get more isolated than that. It's jail. That doesn't that doesn't count as reform, you know, and... Um, uh, yeah, uh, the whole thing is to get these reform points to let people out. Did you know this? Hundreds of thousands of prisoners, even in federal prisons, are being have been let out already. I mean, as of late April, they are out. There were prison riots across the world. There were people killed in these riots. There, there we had uh, guys, uh, prisoners who were threatening to kill guards, have people from the outside kill guards. And basically, they were just like, let us out or else. Murder went up 200%. No? Isn't that the number in New York? Oh, yeah. In, in New York, shootings went up. Uh, Shoot. I, 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 Just shootings. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I forgot about the bank robbers who couldn't afford a gun. Oh, yeah. Well, not you know, not to mention uh, the guy who is sort of the uh, subject of the day right now that I'll bring up, and that is uh, this holy Christ. You want to talk about disaster? Well, a Long Island man, he nearly decapitated his dad during a Zoom support group meeting with 20 witnesses. <laughs> His dad's a Vietnam vet, and he stabbed him, uh, holy shit, with multiple kitchen knives because the blades kept bending during the savage attack. Gruesome details emerged as Thomas Scully Powers was arraigned for a second-degree murder in the slaying of his 72-year-old dad in Amityville. 
and they, that's an apartment that they shared. Gore spattered defendant, barefoot, bare-chested, also tried to wash away his father's blood with bottles of Dr. Pepper. Snatched from a nearby deli after jumping eight feet from a second-floor window to flee from cops when they arrived at the murder scene. That's what you do. Cops trying to get into your place, jump out the window, go get some Dr. Pepper, take a pepper bath. That's a hell of a Dr. Pepper commercial, by the way. It's Mentos commercials. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dwight Powers, a recovering alcoholic with 45 years sobriety, was, was engaged in the uh, virtual meeting when his 32-year-old son appeared over his shoulder and began pummeling away before plunging knives into the victim. Authorities reported 15 wounds found to the chest, neck, and back, along with the near decapitation. There's too many near decapitations. I wonder if that what makes that last little you know bit of cutting so so difficult to do. But to get the head all the way off is apparently just a little more than most most guys have in them. Most women too. There's absolutely nothing about that story that would have not been confusing if you told it to someone 20 years ago. Like Kubrick didn't predict any of this in 2001 during a Zoom support meeting <laughs> with 20 witnesses. Yeah, yeah. Someone almost decapitated their father. Kubrick, great film, visionary. You know, he, he also got a really low quality on the, uh, like, well, you know what? He did predict uh, teleconferencing, though. Oh, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. The only thing is about that movie, and this is a lot of sci-fi movies, where it's like if your brand is mentioned in that movie, you're not going to be around in a few decades. <laughs> Same with like Blade Runner. Like every brand that they mention sort of just falls off. It's funny you say that. Yeah, IBM, I guess, was, was like mm -hmm. one that they mentioned uh, a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, they're still big, but it's not like their role in the market is totally different. What I don't understand is why more sci-fi movies don't just make up brands. Because that tends to be what happens. Like 30 years from now, it's going to be some whole new brand we've never even heard of. Yeah, instead of having your... The new Apple or Google, yeah. Texas Instruments ray gun. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so this is shock. This is a shocking and disturbing case, we, uh, we're being told, uh, from the Suffolk County District Attorney, Timothy Sini. Uh, by the defendant's own admission, he brutally stabbed his father repeatedly until he was certain the victim was dead. Although participants in the Zoom chat called 911, the police response was delayed because none could provide an address for the attack. Christ, how would they know? Uh, that's, that's something you don't include when you do your uh, announcement of, uh, yeah, so I'm a guy about to be murdered, I'm an alcoholic, my address is, that's that's not part of the deal. It just sucks so much for cops. Like, think, think about, this is the stuff you see. You know, like Memorial Day weekend, this is what you have to go home and like have in your mind as you're trying to fall asleep at home with your family. Yeah. I don't think people appreciate enough that, like, people have to see this on a regular basis and sort of deal with it. Yeah, I mean, the 72-year-old dad only had to see it once, you know, as these Zoom people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, you, but these the cops, you're right. It's a daily day. And then no joking about it either. That I think that's why we see so many cops, uh, unfortunately, succumbing to suicide yeah there's definitely ptsd to this i mean I, I couldn't imagine going going through a career in law enforcement and then just having to walk away as, as if you know okay that's it my job's done like this is still going to keep going how do you like just give up the responsibility of trying to do something about it well you move out to amity where one guy can make a difference <laughs> This beach is open. The shark is caught. The threat is gone. We have two very different mayors, don't we? Larry Vaughn going, those beaches will be open. We need summer dollars. And de Blasio going, all right, fine. No swimming. And uh, we, we don't want your summer dollars. Go stick them.
it's uh, pathetic. We have we uh, our mayor is so much worse than Larry Vaughn. We need a Larry Vaughn right now. Where is he? He doesn't exist uh, now. That there's no, but there's He's no, dead, right? The actor. There's no uh, PTSD like NYPD PTSD, uh, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, now, because uh, they they don't get the appreciation they deserve. I mean, they get not only do they not get the appreciation, they get all the criticism and none of the credit. You know, whenever there's something good, that's uh, the the mayor is going to talk about it. His uh, ad- addressing of the increase in shootings was pretty simple. You know, the uh, the big increase. He was just like, well, they'll take care of it. We've got the NYPD. They'll handle it. You know. <sighs> We still have, we're the safest big city. I, I don't know how long, how much longer are they going to still be going around saying that, that they are the safest big city. And and when they drop to number two, they're not, I, I don't think they're going to be saying, we are the second safest big city. You know, it, it's. Uh, well, there's going to be an exodus from your Tulsa, so the population's going to go down significantly. I'm curious what your take is. What do you see as after de Blasio? Do you feel sort of like after Dinkins when. When Giuliani was elected, where where people at some point just wanted to try something different, do you feel that's going to happen post De Blasio? Because De Blasio is sort of that like low point, you know. I don't think that so. We've seen in the last thirty years. I don't think so. I don't think he's nearly the low point. I think we'll have two more terms of uh, of liberal mayors. So you think we're actually going to? People need to see New York as the murder capital of the country before they do something. Yeah, I think so, because they, they, there's nothing that's convincing to them that there's anything wrong going on. They they still have the same... Look, I mean, whatever they tell them to think is what they think. And then what they're telling them to think is, yeah, uh, everything's fine. We don't need... It, it's all about... The, the, the only problem is the racist cops, you know? I mean, you can still get people turning out in, in the thousands or hundreds, at least, for people to protest... Uh, you know that the cops are trying to enforce the turnstile in, in, in the MTA. I mean, there's people here. I'm, I'm seeing so much participation in the mass, proud participation. You know, which is, is to me, it's essentially that is a vote for De Blasio right there. Every time I see one of those, I go, "That's they believe that this is what needs to be happening," and no, they don't get it. See, because we come from different different backgrounds. I was born in New York, and you sort of came to New York. So, for me, New York. It's my home. It's a part of who I am. I don't want to live here anymore because at this point I feel the people here aren't representative of what I want. And if I've lived in a place for three decades, over three decades, and I'm being treated like I'm the problem in this city, then maybe I shouldn't be in this city. You know, what am I holding on to? Concrete sidewalks, memories? Yeah. After a certain point, it's time for a new chapter and, and to think about my own happiness. But you came to New York. So for you, New York, was a goal you had to put effort to sort of live here and become a New Yorker. So my my question is, what is it in your mind would it take to get you to want to leave New York or to sort of destroy this vision of New York being a place worth putting the effort for? No, it's getting there because it's and it's De Blasio, and what it's taking is the uh, the mask order and and the seclude at home, aka uh, home confinement. That that's doing it, you know. Really, his his decisions on on all this stuff really do give me pause. That you know, if they have these uh, contact tracers, you know, going around door to door and trying to get people to take tests, and depending on their behavior, you know, if that does become like a truly egregious thing, then that's going to be a factor too. Like, I don't want to live in uh, some kind of totalitarian state, and the fact that it's 
that's really becoming that and has become that. I mean, it's the takeover has happened. It's a matter of taking it back at this point. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how much longer it, it needs to go on for me, but I definitely am seeing a big upside to being someplace else. I mean, like I think Florida for me because there's a lot of comedy clubs down there, and 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 there's no state income tax. Yeah, there's there's, uh, it, and and it's you know the population's higher than than New York even. So it's like it, it, there's plenty of people. It's 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 fun, diverse. You got everything you want. You know, and you got the beaches. And it's warm, so everyone's always in better shape. Yeah, it's warm, and and uh, sunnier, happier. I mean, you got to deal with the occasional uh, hurricane, but we have fuck. We had we had a big hurricane here as well. So what do you live in a straw house? It's 2020. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to have to get in a boat, you know, to go down to the store or anything like that. I don't want to have to evacuate or nail boards over my windows or anything like that. I just, you know, I, hurricanes are to me are this. Ah, you got to get a condo. Look, you don't worry about it. They have the things that pull closed, you know. Hey, I'm not ruling it out. I'm just saying, you know, that I'm, I'm trying to look at any sort of downside, and and frankly, I mean, there's really not a huge one. Uh, in New York, there's no upside to living here if it's so unfun. All the clubs being shut down. I'm here for comedy clubs. That's why I came, you know. And now I, I sort of New York was, I feel, the capital of of the comedy world. It's it's one thing that I always loved about it. That, I mean, the whole point was the city that never sleeps. And and there's so much going on at night, you know, no matter what you're into. And now it's like if you're into something that someone else isn't into then all of a sudden it becomes a problem for greater society that you're not fitting into this idea. And you mentioned totalitarian state. The scariest thing about the totalitarian state isn't just the government control. It's the way the government uses the people to control each other. Mm. I mean, that's what everyone always compares politicians to, you know, 1984. They always happen to compare Trump to 1984. Well, 1984 was all about getting people to sort of rat on each other, you know? Mm. The government can't control everyone. It uses people to control each other. Yeah. We gotta have social distancing. Now it is easier than ever. You see a supermarket that's too crowded. When you see anything, report it right away so we can get help there to fix the problem. It's about saving lives. So when you have people with cell phones taking pictures of each other because they're not wearing masks, I, I find that terrifying. All you gotta do is, is take the photo and put the location with it. And bang, yang, send a photo like this, and we will make the fucking enforcement come right away. And that's gonna save lives. It's about lives. Text the photo to 311 692, and action will ensue. Enforcement will come to send that photo there immediately. There's follow up. Look, this is important. I wanna keep reminding people it's about saving lives. Sending that photo in. Make sure fucking enforcement comes right away. It's about saving lives. Text the photo, saving the photo. It's about saving lives. Saving lives. It's about saving lives. And that's going to save lives. Why? Text the photo to 31169. It's about bang, yang, fuck lives. Send a photo like this, and we make the fucking enforcement come right away. Text the photo to 31169. It's as simple as taking a and action will ensue. Enforcement will come to educate people. To educate people. Educate, educate. We're used to being packed warm. Unfortunately, it hasn't happened to me, but, you know, I I welcome the opportunity to see how I would react in, in that situation. I've always been curious to see how far I could throw, throw a cell phone. 
<laughs> well, you, you might find out. I mean, I I would encourage you not to do that. Let them take their picture. Let them turn you in. It's really not. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. I, I don't. I about this being enforceable. I mean, it's some sort of citation or something. I just think the whole thing is unconstitutional. And if it has to go to court, you know, I mean, their, their emergency powers do have limits. They can't just like suspend the entire basis of law that the nation's founded on the highest law is still the Constitution. They want to get rid of it, but they haven't. And I mean, they that's the thing about an executive order. All the uh, all the power of a law without any of the legislating and, and fairness of it, you know, I, it's very unappealing to be here right now with nothing open. Yeah. I mean, I'm like I said, I can watch the Mets. I can watch the Rangers outside of the city. I don't need to be here. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's it sort of lost that that beauty of, you know, New York City. Now it's sort of like living here is just a drag. It is a drag. And, and crime going up. And it was going up before this. Oh, yeah. It was unpleasant to get in the subway before this. Of course. But now it's sort of like, you know, sped up the whole process of how crappy the city can become. And my big bet is it's going to be 80 degrees almost every day this week. Everyone's being told to stay home. All those ACs are going to be blasting. We're going to have a blackout at some point this summer. And it's going to be ugly. You're right. Everybody New York at home. Is, is a prime city for riots and looting and all that stuff. We we haven't had a good one of those in a while, and it's sort of like the perfect storm I see brewing well, for that. But I don't know about the. I mean, it depends on how fast they get the. If they're, I I'm sure that the home units do use less power than the big restaurants and department stores and all the stuff that's closed, right? So maybe. Maybe they made the blackout. You know, I, I guess uh, I wouldn't be surprised by anything at this point. I also wouldn't be surprised by the way it gets handled at this point. You know that, like, you know, anything that gets stolen during this is uh, fine. <laughs> you know, uh, but you do have to pay the taxes on it. You do. You have to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really all is taxable. I've 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 really I I don't know that I've ever seen a situation where pe where the politicians were so eager to just say, well, you know, go fuck yourselves, and uh, that's that's the way it is. And I, I don't appreciate the uh, the sentiment of that at all. I I you know, really those guys are not elected to protect us. You know, they're they're elected to do a job, and and if they are elected to quote protect us, then they're doing a lousy job. Yeah. I mean, sending people into the nursing homes, you know, like uh, now he's trying to that, that was he's trying to he's trying to blame that on federal policy. You don't I don't want to hear that. That's not true. You did. That's that's well, it's the fact that they just keep arguing about everything. I mean, I feel politicians are only good at one thing, and that's spending other people's money. And that seems to be the only thing that's happening. They're, they're right terrible at that. For ways to spend money. I think they're terrible at it. They do a terrible job. At spending money? I think they do a phenomenal job at it. They spend so much money. Oh, they spend it so poorly, though. It's not that easy to spend money. You know, it's not that easy. you got to find ways to spend money. You've never seen Brewster's Millions? Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I saw Brewster's Millions. <laughs> it's a talent. It's a talent to piss away that much more money. Well, I suppose so, yeah. But you have to look at the reality of what they're spending it on, too, which is just absolute junk. I mean, like, look, he's trying to get $7.5 billion to reopen the city, and, and this is a time when how much would they spend $800 million on uh, his wife's ridiculous Thrive New York uh, supposed initiative? But, I mean, what, what's the initiative? Where's the plan? What happened? The city's going to go bankrupt. Businesses are closing. People are going to start foreclosing on their homes. It's almost too late. It's almost the, the late point to jump off now. Oh, oh, absolutely. We we have uh, higher unemployment rates than during the Great Depression. 
except the country's population is how much greater. It, it's, I mean, you have people in bread lines, you know? People love this, though. And the people who were complaining about, oh, what are you protesters? You're so, you know, like, when it, they, they did a thing here in, in the post where they had covered a, a letter to, um, you know, or, or some sentiment that, like, hey, we really need to reopen, okay? We really need to get the, we're losing everything. We're lo-. and, and when you look at the responses, and then you see, like, exactly where these people are coming from. Now, uh, I'll give you just one quick example of the kind of response against reopening the city. Marcus's claims of our preparedness were insulting to read as a healthcare professional. See, Marcus was apparently the guy they featured before saying we needed to open up. I am a critical care registered nurse. I am a New Yorker. I realize we're all entitled to our opinions. However, it disappoints me that the Post chose to highlight this man's opinion when it so clearly seems like a slap in the face to the healthcare workers of the city. Now, that's that's basically the whole theme is that, like, we were, we were overrun. The hospitals were overrun. You don't say we weren't overrun. And so she presents a lot of evidence to uh, indicate that, hey, we, we actually were overrun big time. I don't, I don't see any evidence that we still need to be closed. I mean, that doesn't and, and, and framing it as a slap in the face, you know, to say otherwise. Because no one has imagination. They, they know about the, the consequences of the virus, but not the consequences of shutting down an economy for months Mm -hmm. when you have so many people unemployed that leads to poverty that leads to foreclosures that leads to hunger a lot of people died during the great depression yeah you know it's serious a lot of people died you know it's one thing people will die directly from the virus but how many people will die because you know for generations now it's sort of if your career is ruined you can't feed your kids for decades it's going to cause problems decades and and centuries really because the you have the ripple effect that generation is affected by that generation that experienced it directly when you have your folks that are hoarding and and so you're keeping it and and it, it really does have a long long-term impact i know that I, my life was still affected by the great depression uh having folks that were just, just really depressed born in the 30s yeah because now i realize you're saying we're 40 years away from more hippies <laughs> Right. Yeah. Think about that. But this this woman has no imagination. But uh, I'll tell you who does. And that is the the mayor and and, uh, the governor. They understand the effect of all this stuff. Everybody who's doing it is doing it to create. They want to have the greatest economic, the most crippling downfall that we've ever seen. And it's never been more obvious with them trying to hold on to this idea that we have to test everybody. We need all this contact tracing, even though we have you know, plenty of people, the scientific community, medical community, saying that this, the time has passed for that. You know, contact tracing is not going to do any good now. Finding the source is, is not, is not going to do any good. Well, I feel they just don't know so much. Uh, and second of all, didn't it come out that the antibody tests, most of them weren't even accurate? Like, and, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing, you know, scientists or doctors, but the fact of the matter is they just know so little I don't agree. And, and I don't agree. I, I don't think that they know so little. I think they know plenty. I think that there's just not that much that needs to be known. I mean, they, I don't think that they know a lot of these type of things about the regular flu, the common cold they can't cure. Oh, I agree with you yeah, also. All that. I mean, like they, I, think, it, I think people give them too much credit, and, and that's not to insult them, but there's only so much you can know about these things. Yeah, and we're, I, I'm not into, like, having the whole country come down while you do research, you know, on trying to figure this particular fucking thing out. I, I don't even care. The people that died 
and and all this is supportable with numbers. You know, it's mostly people who, you know, unfortunately, were vulnerable because they and, and and that's the way it always is. The flu does the same goddamn thing. You look at the death rate; it's like the flu. And I understand it's a virulent, terrible thing. Oh my god! But disease is bad. You know, and you have TB now. You know, like some like four million people are going to die from TB or something because they didn't they were not able to get their regular treatments and stuff like that. You have hospitals shutting down a million healthcare employees that are laid off. You know, it, it's just a disaster the way they've handled it. And and it's going to and this is just the tip of the iceberg. We're watching it happen in real time. I mean, like they will not take their foot off the throttle. Oh, they're going to lose control. I'm telling you once it hits 80, you're not going to be able to keep people indoors. You're not going to be able to keep people in masks. It's this is New York, dog day afternoon city. Oh, well, I don't know if we still have that spirit. The, the city the city's going to do what the city's going to do. It's going to get hot, and people are going to do what people are going to do. Well, I hope so. That's the best-case scenario. I hope they come out, and I hope they make a lot of noise, and I hope that uh, they, they start turning over things and demanding that, that, that some of these things be reopened because this, this life, you know, look, I don't want to die, but I don't want to live like this. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say what I have is, like, real problems, but I need to get a pair of sneakers, and I'm not confident in my shoe size, so I'm very nervous to buy that shit online. I'm being honest with you. I've, I haven't panicked this this much in a while. <laughs> right. Hey, and don't let anybody tell you that's not a big big, big deal, man. You know, you need shoes on your feet. Valon, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you, as always, for having me. I love the chance to rant. It feels like a Queen's Public Access TV show, and, and I say that in, in the greatest possible way because those are some of my greatest memories growing up in the city and the memories I'll hold on to when I peace out from here and look at the city in my rearview mirror. Hey, all right. Education. Yeah, thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. That's too crowded, so. Text the photo the 311 and make people get the message. Bang, 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 bang. Send a photo like this. And we will make fucking enforcement come right away. To educate, educate, educate people. Enforcement, educate, enforcement comes right away. Text the photo, the photo, the photo. It's about saving, saving lives, 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 saving lives, saving lives. We're used to being close to each other. We're used to being packed in, in the subway. It's about social distancing. So, social distancing is going to save lives. Make sure that people are kept apart, and that's going to stop the disease from stopping, and that's going to save lives. Stop the disease from stopping, and that's going to save lives. You are a retard.